the, the scripture today, the, the title of my message is Chained to an Open Door. <laughs> Chained to an Open Door. Now, we would think, okay, wait a minute, chain to an open door, which seems like an oxymoron there that you're saying one thing and, and it means something else. Well, um, <laughs> do you ever have problems? You, you wonder if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, you ever have di- difficulties saying that, um, well, you call something good and then it's not good and it's bad, but it's not bad? Uh, I was thinking of this uh, with Joseph's life, you know. Joseph, um, he was favored by his father, Jacob. He was his favorite son. Oh, that's a good thing. Well, no, that's bad. His, ten, his brothers were very jealous of him. Oh, that's bad. Well, not necessarily. It's good. Jacob, his father, um, made Joseph a coat of many colors and set him apart from the rest. Oh, that's good. Well, no, that's bad. <laughs> And you keep on going through the life of Joseph and, you know, he, he's thrown in prison and, oh, that's bad. Well, no, that's good. He rises to uh, prominence in the prison and uh, leadership in the prison. Oh, that's good. Well, no, that's bad. You know, it goes through that. And finally, of course, Joseph is uh, uh, raised to the position of second in command of Egypt. And that's good and that's very good because that's where it all was taking him. Um, Jan was mentioning this morning uh, about Zach, Isaac, <laughs> that, uh, that he needed his oil changed. And so Zach and his dad, they pull into the garage, you know, Zach needs his oil changed. Oh, that's bad. No, that's good. You know, so he pulls in the garage and they pull it in there just to change the oil and suddenly they see there's a leak in the uh, brake lines. Oh, that's bad. No, that's good, because he has another vehicle to take to work. Oh, that's good. No, that's bad, because on the way to work, he gets a flat tire. Oh, that's bad. No, that's good, because Walt and Jan were able to go and fix the tire, and he could walk to work. Oh, that's good. Yes, that's very good. (laughs) See, So we never really know how things are going to turn out and how they're going to work. And so... Many times we're willing to close the door on something. We're, willing, we're going to shut the door on it, and it's never going to be good. It's never going to work, and really it's just another opportunity. And Paul, he's in prison, and he writes this in uh, Colossians chapter 4. He says, masters, and he's talking about people who own slaves. He says, masters, on your part, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now, it seems like this um, phrase is kind of out of place, but he's actually saying that each of us, God is our master, and that we are his workmen, and that we are his people, and that he takes care of us. And there, you know, bon- Paul says other places that we are a bondservant. We are a, a, a person who has freely given our service to Jesus Christ. We have God's mark on us as a slave of Jesus Christ, so God is our master. And as he is asking these people who are masters of slaves, that he is telling them to be fair with them. And then verse 2, he says, be persistent. Now, seemingly changes the subject here. Be persistent and devoted to prayer, being alert and focused on your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now, when we think of prayer, there are basically four types of prayer. One is that uh, the adoration in which we are praising God. There is the 
contrition in which we're asking God for forgiveness. There's the petition when we are asking God's favor or God to answer our prayer. And there's the prayer of thanksgiving in which we are showing uh, and expressing our gratitude. So we are to... We are to be persistent and devoted in prayer, all right? So we're, Paul is establishing this in his, his, this little section here. And he says, at the same time, pray for us that God will open a door of opportunity to us for the word to proclaim the mysteries of Christ for which I have been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way that I should, in the way that I should go. Conduct yourselves, and he tells the people, conduct yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders. Make the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant and seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. So whenever we are looking at this um, situation that Paul is, is facing here, he's telling the... the um, Colossians, that they are to be persistent in their prayers. Now, whenever we think of praying, it's more than just petition. It's thanksgiving, it's prayer. And he says, and, and it says, be persistent and devoted to prayer, being alert and focused on your prayer life, and make it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Sometimes whenever we are pressed with something, we don't see that it's beneficial to us. We don't see that it's going to be a blessing to us. So Paul is saying everything, we, everything that we give to God in prayer, season it with thanksgiving. Be grateful for the problem that you have. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, be grateful. Well, where is Paul at? Paul is in prison. Now, Chain to the door of opportunity. Do you notice, you know, I, I, most of the time we interpret what happens to Paul from where we are looking back. Well, we know here at the same time he says, pray for us, pray for me, that God will open the door of opportunity to us for the word to proclaim the mysteries of Christ for which I am imprisoned. I want you to pray for me that I will find a way to make this a good thing that I am in prison. Make it an opportunity to do good. And what is Paul doing? He's writing a letter to the church at Colossae. The very thing he is doing is exactly what's going to take his influence for 2,000 years that we're able to look at today and read. And Paul is saying, pray that I will have some way to proclaim the word of God. And he's doing it, but not knowing at the moment he's writing this, he doesn't know that this is what the way that he's going to be the influence. It's like doing something and feeling like this really isn't that important. I wish I were more influential. I wish I were better at this. I wish I were better at that. And the very thing we're doing is exactly what needs to be done and is an answer to the prayer that we're praying. Amen. <laughs> see, you know, we, we sometimes don't see that. We don't see that what we are and who we are right where we're at is the answer to the prayer that we're praying. <laughs> so when, whenever I was uh, 
looking at this, and it says, you know, that, so that you will know how to answer each person whenever they question you. So if we have an attitude of prayer and we think that we don't have the ability to speak or to act or preach or speak the word of God or proclaim the word of God, we need to go back to, at the same time, pray. You know, going back to that verse, uh, verse 3, at the same time, pray for ourselves, pray for others. Pray for the people that we're going to meet. Pray for the people that are, you know, seemingly on the outskirts. So we are then to put into action. We are to put into action the very things that are necessary for us to succeed at doing the word of God and the will of God. So he says he was writing these words while he was chained in prison. So he is chained to an open door meaning that he is writing the scriptures that we're reading today, and at the time he wrote them, he's asking for people to pray that he could find a way to proclaim the word. He's chained to a Roman soldier, but at the very same time, he's chained to an open door that he doesn't even see. And in our life, we look at our difficulties Oh, that's bad. You know, God is saying, no, that's good. And then we look at, you know, we look at a blessing and say, oh, that's good. Well, no, that's, you see, it's all in a process of going and becoming and growing and doing and keeping walking and going in the will of God and the purpose of God. We have a purpose and we, God has a plan for us. So he was, Paul was arrested for preaching. He was thrown in prison for doing, the, for doing a good thing, in our eyes. He was arrested for proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. He was arrested for, the, for telling people that there is a resurrection and that people who have slaves, they are to recognize that though they are masters of, of the slaves, they are to remember God is their master. <laughs> and they need to see their own lives in reflection to God and how the God is mastering over them. So everything in his surroundings for Paul, everything around him shouted limitations, limitations. There's no way out of this. You're in prison. The Romans have put you here. You're chained to a Roman soldier. There are bars that keep you from exiting the, uh, the, the, the room. You are locked up. Limitations. You can't do this. You're too old. You're too young. You don't have the education. You have too much education. You can't do this. We look at our limitations. And God is saying to us, and Paul is saying to us, instead of looking at your surroundings, keep your eyes on God. We have a limitless faith. Faith without boundaries. Faith without boundaries. You see, Paul and Silas, in an earlier time, they were in prison. And uh, they were locked up. <laughs> they were in the inner cell. You know, they were in the dungeon of the dungeons, locked up and chained. And so what were they doing? They started singing. And they were beaten and they were thrown in these dungeons and so they're in pain and they're in suffering and what do they start doing? They start being thankful in their prayer and in their praise of God. 
See, Paul knows what he's writing about whenever he says to us that we are to... um, that we are to focus on your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Paul knows that in the worst of places, we are to pray, but also to pray with thanksgiving. And when Paul and Silas are chained to this wall, in, in this dungeon, in, uh, in prison, they start singing with thanksgiving to God. Earthquake comes. Their chains fall off. Prison doors open. And what did they do? They didn't run out because they knew if they left, the guard and his family, all of them would be killed. They would, they would be executed for uh, losing their prisoners. So the, the guy that's the, the prison uh, master, he's the guard, he comes running in and he's, you know, he's ready to kill himself. And they say, don't kill yourself, we're still here. We're here. You don't have to kill yourself. And he leads them to Christ and his household. You see, oh, that's bad. They're in prison. Well, yeah, that's bad, but that's good. You see, in our life, I think we need to look back from eternity. Well, I'm not in eternity. No, but God knows for the future And God is looking back at our todays. You know, you read the end of the Bible, what happens? God wins. Evil is defeated. New heaven and new earth. Everything works. God has come. You know, the world has changed. Everything is under, you know, everything is under his foot. (laughs) It's under his leadership, under his rule. So if we look out there, we win. (laughs) But if we come back to today, we win. That's good. All right. So faith into, you know, faith without boundaries and, and, and that faith in every circumstance with thanksgiving. And he kept looking for an open door of opportunity. What would God have him do next? Now, here, it's, it's difficult for him to see, but it's difficult for us to see. It doesn't look good from where I sit. Hmm. See? doesn't look good from where I sit. Paul's in prison, chained, and it doesn't look good for where I am. Pray that God would give me an opportunity. I'm writing to you this letter and pray that God would give me an opportunity for the word of God. Now, where we sit, what is our prayer? What is it that we're asking God for? We feel chained to where we are at. We feel chained to the circumstances we are in, but what is it we are writing in our letter to God? You know, just like Paul is writing to the church and Colossians telling them, pray that I would have an opportunity for the word of God to be given. And he's writing the answer of what is going to be his answer to his prayer. Hmm. So whenever we think of it, he wrote book after book, Almost half of the books of the New Testament, much of it from a prison cell. You see, (laughs) Paul thought that no problem, you know, here that he's going to start writing. And, you know, and and at the time he didn't realize that this was the answer to his prayers. And so how great are the struggles? How great is the struggle that Paul has at this moment? And uh, instead of preaching, 
the gospel to the lost, he is now writing to the saved. <laughs> He's writing to the people of the churches and explaining what they need to do. They thought that they were the, the Romans, and they thought they were stopping Paul. <laughs> Sometimes we look at our circumstances and say, my circumstances are stopping me. These things are stopping me in my ministry, in my work of service for God. And guess what? They were doing just the opposite. They were doing the opposite. They wanted to stop Paul from preaching, and so they threw him in prison, and they were going to stop him, but instead of stopping him, they did the opposite. Things don't always look like they are not always what they appear to be. Hmm. They were causing his voice to become amplified. They were causing the message of Jesus Christ to burst forth on the horizon because they were going to take the letters that he sent to different churches and they were going to pass them around. And Paul, he sh you know, in, in one sense, Paul should have known that whenever he was persecuting the church in Jerusalem, that because of the persecution, the people that were involved in the church in Jerusalem fled to other cities. <laughs> and when they were in other cities, God changed Paul's life on the road to Damascus, and he became a follower of Jesus Christ, and all those people that fled Jerusalem to these foreign cities, Paul then went to them later, converted to Christ, goes to those people and, and brings them into the church or establishes the church of Jesus Christ in those cities, than which he was responsible for chasing them out of town. <laughs> so whenever we look at our, our, our circumstances, oh, that's bad. Well, you know, Paul's persecuting the church. Oh, that's bad. Well, no, that's good. Because they fled Jerusalem. They went to other churches, other regions. And you see, oh, oh, that's bad. No, that's good. Because there they started to meet and the Gentiles started to come to Christ and they started to recognize how that the message of Jesus Christ would spread out from there and end up with us. <laughs> and end up here. You see, so whether, you know, I was thinking of what organizations and so on that, uh, that are in, in place today come out of tragedy. Well, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, and now it's uh, and drugs and alcohol impaired and so on. Uh, but anyhow, and it all started with uh, a mother whose son was killed by a drunk driver. So she started this organization to bring awareness to um, our society about people driving under the influence and... I was reading, and it says that there are over, let's see here, over, over 380,000 lives have been saved because of this one woman's desire to implement an awareness. And so these DUI things where people stop and are doing drug tests and alcohol tests and so on um, to keep people off the road if they're driving under the influence. So it's important that we would look at this and say, oh, that's tragedy, that's bad. Yes, it's bad, but that's good. Because we see how that one turned their sorrow 
into making a difference in the world they're in. So not only is this happening with Paul, it happens to us. It happens in our society. It happens in our neighborhoods. So we're 2,000 years after Paul is writing this. 2,000 years we're, we're looking at this and Paul is questioning and he's, he's questioning. He says, pray, pray for us that God will open a door of opportunity. <laughs> and he is writing, he's writing this letter not knowing that is the, it is the exact, <laughs> the exact answer to his prayer that he, he is now doing it. That God would give us a door of opportunity to, to us for the word to proclaim the mysteries of Christ. For the word to proclaim that he is able to proclaim the word about the mysteries of Jesus Christ. And what is he? He's writing the letter. And, and I challenge ourselves and myself, I challenge us to look at our life and whenever we say, oh, that's bad, well, is it really bad? Or is this an opportunity that that is good? And then whenever we think, oh, I've got it all together, this is good, he said, wait a minute, <laughs> there's some more that needs to come. You see, when you feel like you're changed, uh, remain, we can recognize that the chains of Paul are not removed, but yet they're broken. <laughs> wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. The, cha- Paul, you know, the Paul's chains are not removed, but yet they're broken. Because the chains that imprisoned him physically, that God broke the chains that in his mind and heart that saw him as not able to reach out to the people who are lost. So the chain that was holding him back from taking the message of Jesus Christ to the masses, that this somehow, this restriction physically, is hindering spiritually. But in reality, the chains of the spiritual bondage of Paul saying, I have to be out there preaching, God is saying, no, Paul, you have to be in here writing. Those chains were broken. So God's still at work. God is at work in the life of Paul. God is at work in, the, in all that we, in our life and that we are to keep on expecting and we're to keep on believing that we are to pray for the opportunities to be opened unto us that everywhere in every surrounding in every place that we're not left to chance. We are left to choice and we are left to deciding how God is going to use us in this moment of time to be the witness of Christ to the people we're around. So we look for the open doors. We look for the open doors. (laughs) We look for the open doors to turn tragedy into triumph. We see how that our prayer, the prayer of the righteous, whenever we sit down and we, you know, whenever we have our prayers, the Bible says the prayer of a righteous person avails. And uh, the word avail means benefit, helps. When you pray, it is a benefit to you and to those for whom you pray. Hmm. Well, if we're praying for Paul to get out of prison and he doesn't get out, was our prayer helpful? But you see, it wasn't God's will for him to get out of prison. It was God's will for Paul to see 
his opportunity to write to those in need. And whenever we pray for people, and we, we're praying a certain way, and it appears that it doesn't help, well, no, no, that's bad. No, that's good. <laughs> well, God is doing something in their life because when we pray, it has a benefit. It helps. So we keep praying because he promises to break the chains. God promises to break the chains. So whenever we pray for people and it seems like they don't change over years, nothing has changed in their life, they're still the same, doesn't matter. Every prayer helps. Every prayer benefits. Every prayer is a way of breaking the chains. Now, whether it changes them physically or whether it changes them spiritually and in their mind and heart, whether it's an addiction or whether it's a, a problem or whether it's a neighbor or whether it's a job, or what, it doesn't matter what it is. God is able to break the chains. Sometimes it isn't us and the surroundings changing. Sometimes it's us seeing things differently just like Paul. Hmm. And so God promises the door of opportunity in our life. So Paul's chains provided an opportunity, but Paul had to see it. Even though he is writing it, at that moment he doesn't see it. But he, eventually he does. So, and I was thinking of, uh, did you find it, Terry? You saw him, okay. Well, I was thinking of Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, and uh, we, we won't read it, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know the story, that they won't bow down to the king's idol, and so the, the king, you know, get, brings them forward and says, I'll give you one more chance, and Dan, they, those three guys, they say, be it known unto you, O king, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from you. But if he doesn't, that's okay. We're still going to be delivered from you. You know, they didn't see that being thrown into a fiery furnace as being that big of a deal. They were willing to die rather than bow down. So the king binds them up and makes the fire seven times hotter or something like that. Now, I never understood that. Why does seven times hotter make a difference? They're still going to burn, but, you know, it's just more quickly. <laughs> so, anyhow, they make it so hot that the people carrying them up to throw them into the fire, they die from the heat. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into the, thrown into the fiery furnace. Oh, that's bad. No, that's good. How is it good? Because when they look in the fire, King says, didn't we throw three guys in there? And he said, yeah, king, we threw three in. Well, I see four. Oh, that's good. <laughs> wow. And so the king hollers in. He says, that fourth guy in there, he's not like the other three. He looks like God. <laughs> now, some people say, well, how would... There was one of the commentators says, how, how would Shad, how would this foreign king know what God looks like? 
Well, I think when you see God, you will recognize him as God. <laughs> and you will be inspired by it. And, and the king says, you guys in there, are you okay? Yeah, we're fine, king. <laughs> we're fine. Seven times hotter. The guys coming up get killed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They walk out of the fiery furnace. The only thing that was burned off of them was the ropes that bound, that bound them. So when they were thrown into the fiery furnace, they were chained to an open door. They were chained to, uh, the, to God's provision that God was going to provide for them in this very difficult place. And we find that the king establishes the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be the ruling faith in all of the province of Babylon. Oh, that's bad. They're thrown into the, king, the fire. No, that's good. How can we look at our life and say, oh, that's bad? No, let's look for the good. Well, we're chained here, but what opportunities is God putting in front of us? The 23rd Psalm says, Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. When the anointing of the oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, is to make things flow. Oil in a car makes things, <laughs> makes things run better. The metal against metal, it becomes slippery, so it doesn't burn up. Well, the oil of God on our life makes us slippery, makes us able to go into difficult places and not get burned. Makes us recognize that God anoints us for our task and his oil of gladness is over our life and his presence is there before us, chained to an open door. So here we are, chained with our limitations that we see, but in reality, that is just an open door. Amen? Amen. Do you have some pictures? I want to show you some. This is the, the 252, 22 mile. 220 mile. There's, a, there's an object on the road. A cow. Yeah, they had a van that, that kind of stick, stuck with them and there was five of them, seven of them. I'm not sure. But anyhow, they would go to the different communities. There's a gentleman with crutches. Walked alongside of him. Now that's... That's one of the, the top of the mountains that they reached. <laughs> of a volcano, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, um, yeah, we were there. That's a, a lake in the, in the middle of a volcano. Uh, yeah, we've been there. Yeah, Dave's off the van taking pictures. <laughs> you know. So, 
But chains, chain to an open door. Everything in El Salvador says that it's poverty. Nothing will ever change. They've been this way for centuries. They're the lowest, uh, lowest income, most, most poor. <laughs> That's not the right word, but they are the, the, the most poor of, of Central America. And everything would say they can't do this. They can't make a difference. Nothing has worked. Chained to an open door. And I think um, they were able to prove that with their run. Uh, and they were able to show how that God has made a difference in many communities and will continue to make a difference as they partner with these other communities to help them see the open doors and see the things that they have as resources around them. And just the idea of being able to grow a garden and being able to grow a garden and then harvest the garden, have somebody teach them how to cook these things, and what's ever left over, they sell. A simple project, chained to an open door, chained to a remote area where there's nothing, no water, no outhouses, chained, but yet coming in and building outhouses coming in and drilling wells. There's water there, chained, but door of opportunity, drill a well, create a reservoir, have water distribution to the community. <laughs> See, in our lives, we are chained to an open door. We need to recognize that though we feel like we're chained, we're not. God has opened the door for us. Amen. Let's stand, shall we? <laughs> Father, I thank you that you watch over us. And God, help us to see things as you do. Because too often we're inclined to say, oh, that's bad. But in reality, God, you're saying, oh, no, that's good. And this is the reason that you are here and the purpose for which you have come. Let us not be overwhelmed with what we perceive as the, the chains and the cell and the difficulties that we face. But let us, O oh God, see the opportunity that is before us and how that your purpose and your healing and your restoration and how, Lord, that you make a difference and that no matter where we are at or what we go through, God, there is a purpose and there is a plan and that there is never a time in which you, God, give up on us or on the plan that is before us. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you, O oh God, for protecting us in each of our situations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>